Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at I am Cannabis Sativa, both S's. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at IC Sativa Pod. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor.fm, Overcast, Radio Republic, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a Patreon supporter of the podcast and support us. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast slash support you can also support me now on patreon at www.patreon.com slash ic sativa podcast you can support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month we also have five dollar and above tiers if you're feeling extra generous and a special thanks goes out to our current patreons and supporters shout out to our friends of the show reefer revolution for supporting the podcast shout out also to joey one love 420 also a friend of the show and contributor of of the show uh, and founder and frontman of keystone state reviews becoming a patreon or financially supporting us through anchor patreon paypal gets you perks like early episodes exclusives and shout outs at the beginning of every episode without further ado let's get to the episode Howdy y'all, Dan Scotland here joining you from Legal, Massachusetts, heartland of America. So for today's episode, this is going to be another freeform episode. Um, As you guys know, a number of states are going to be voting in cannabis reform, and it's going to be on the ballot either for medical use or adult use in a number of different states. Um, Mississippi one of Alabama's neighbors is going to be legalizing medical marijuana. And it's going to have, uh, I believe, close to close to two dozen medical um, conditions that can qualify for MMJ in, in the Magnolia state. There's going to be about 22 or so conditions. And there's going to be zero cap on, on, on dispensary licenses. So it's going to be truly free market. Um I believe Mississippi has like four million people or something like that, or three-ish. Um, they could very they could very well have hundreds of dispensaries um within the next two years in their state. And ample choice, ample variety. And the more choice and the more variety you tend to have in a program, um, the cheaper the prices are going to be for the patients that are in that program. Um you know, because they'll all be competing against each other. So someone charging three fifty an ounce in one part of the state or whatever, they're not going to see business if someone else is charging one hundred and seventy five an ounce. Um, the more competition, the 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 better. Um, in states like Ohio, where you have limited limited licensure, um, MMJ is still very expensive. In Pennsylvania where they're um I don't I can't speak to the fact whether or not they have a hard cap excuse me but 
what I do know is they don't have enough growers. They're constantly under have undersupply for the amount of demand they have for the hun- over 100,000 or so patients. Um, I don't know what that number is now, but it, d- it did crack 100,000 the last time I checked. It might be a bit more at this point, especially with this pandemic and, and people and, and, you know, um, especially with this pandemic and, um, cannabis use and cannabis commerce going up. Um, so I can be found anywhere you find podcasts, iTunes, Castbox, Stitcher, other platforms like it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at IC Sativa Pod, on Instagram at I am Cannabis Sativa. So, um, so, Alabama, their their governor, um, Kay Ivey, has signaled that she'd be open to legalizing medical marijuana. Um, from the various sources I've checked online, um, the, the, what's being pushed in that state is a no flower, um, a no flower only pills, capsules, tinctures sort of program, um. And you won't have whole flour to use. Um, and that's that, that sucks. That's not an ideal program. That's much like um, it's much like New York's program um, where you don't have whole flour. Um, and it's expensive as heck. Um, you can only get vape cards. You can only get, I believe, lozenges. I think that's the only edibles they allow. Um only get tinctures vape carts and um i believe that's it maybe concentrates maybe but um you don't you can't get smokable flour and that's a, again that makes it that makes it a very expensive program that makes it a program where if someone needs immediate access um and immediate immediate at medication they can't get that through whole flour smoking flour directly is one of the fastest way to get it get it through your bloodstream one of the fastest and more efficient ways to get it um but i feel that we need to push our lawmakers more and you guys need to push your lawmakers more because when mississippi legalizing and then florida having it to their south like the demand for it and the man for the populace getting it when they're seeing their next door neighbors having it is going to continue to rise and they're going to lose money. I mean, what zoomers are going to want to apply to Auburn if if they have such draconian cannabis laws in Alabama? What what new talent is going to want to go to college there or want to um want want to want to stay there or go there for business after they graduate? Like you're literally losing money not having medical in your state. Um, I would do an episode like this for Tennessee, but the governor is extremely opposed, and um, the conservative state senate is not going to push really push it through. But um, but I would ask for whole flower. I would write to your lawmakers write this instant and in the coming months when Mississippi passes and when Alabama's. Uh, legislature reconvenes again i would push for i would push for the moon i would push for homegrown i'd push for um you know li- uh no limits on the amounts of licensing um allowing doctors to recommend for any condition they see fit um home grow um 
you know, caregivers and the caregivers being able to service more than one patient. I, I push for that too. Um, we did an episode a couple um, months ago, or, um, almost like a, I, I want to say like a year and some change ago about Virginia and them having a trifecta in their government and them. And, and with that trifecta, them, you know, pushing for better reform. Um, the, COVID-19 sort of put a damper on a lot of that and slow down progress with a lot of cannabis initiatives are going to make the ballot slow down progress of the legislature because, again, they have to prioritize a deadly pandemic. So we takes understandably takes a back seat. It'd be weird if it didn't, actually. But um, a lot of efforts, you know, whether legislatively or through initiatives stalled and, and, and couldn't really go go through because of the pandemic and social distancing and keeping people safe. Um, so I'm going to include that episode that we talked about, um, or at least an excerpt from that episode that we talked about at the end of this episode and um, it'll, it'll explain what an ideal program is like and what, you know, advocates like normal and Americans for safe access tend to push for. But again, I would shoot for the moon, shoot for the moon. The worst they can say is no. If you shoot for a whole flower, like when you, what, when the, this is bring being brought up, if you push for a whole flower, you know, then you can smoke. Like maybe it gets negotiated down to vaporization and, and dispensaries having to sell vaporization devices and, and smoking being prohibited or smoking, you know, you know, meriting removing your medical registration or whatever. Again, maybe you can do that. Again, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm realistic. I'm, I'm pragmatic. I'm, I'm, I'm hip to the game that not every state is like my blue state, Massachusetts. So, uh, again, that's one thing I feel that they can get and, like, negotiate. But, um, again, I'm going to I'm gonna put that, uh, that part of the episode in this description. No, um, in this, at the, at, I'm going to tack it to the end of this episode. So, again, I'm not going to keep this episode too long. But, again, you guys, you know, in the surrounding states where cannabis reform is happening, you're going to have leverage you know, because your lawmakers are going to be thinking about this. They're going to be thinking, oh, man, our, our constant, we can't keep, we can't keep kicking the can down the road with this stuff. Um, we have to actually deliver because all these surrounding states are doing it. And then we're going to lose commerce. We're going to lose business. We're going to use, lose long, young talent to Mississippi. We're going to lose young talent to Florida because of, the, of these holdout states. Even Tennessee that has no medical program and has a governor very opposed to it. You have a lot of CBD vendors. You have a lot of hemp farmers, a lot of good hemp farmers. You have a lot of CBD dispensaries that are, you know, that are still getting people pretty medicated um, in, in, in the volunteer state, but not as medicated as they can and should be. And, you know, the, you know they're not getting access to THC um, because of reefer madness, but they, they, they can get some good hemp products that, that you know, I mean, there's so many more hemp strains now than even there was were last year that, you know, the, you know, when you were like, oh, well, CBD can't help me sleep or it can't help me with the stuff THC helps. 
you'd be surprised because there are so many more CBD chemovars and strains now than there were last year. And there'll continue to be more. And terpenes do a whole lot to a um, to a cannabis strain. Like terpenes make the difference, you know. So, I mean, that might be the terpenes are often the deciding thing that is um, dictating sort of the effects. You know, you have the cannabinoids, but then you could have, you know, uh, terpenes that favor your condition more than others. So, again, there's so many other factors in cannabis other than THC. There's CBD, there's CBG content, there's CBC content. Um, but, again, I mean, you'd be surprised if you check out the CBD market or you check out some CBD strains, especially ones that are named after ones that you liked in in the THC version, you might get more relief than you think you're going to get. And, um, I, again, I would, I would, can, if you're in a holdout state, I would continue, I would consider CBD flower another shot. I would consider trying Delta eight if you, if you can get a hold of it. Um, I would also consider, um, trying the other cannabinoids like CBC, CBN, uh, C, CBG, um, either concentrate or CBG flower, there's just so many different things you can medicate with. But um, again, I don't want to keep this episode too long. Um, as always, I can be found anywhere you find podcasts such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. In the video version of this, we are going to... We're going to... We're going to put... Or the audio version of this... What we're going to do is we're going to put the planning for an ideal medical program uh, bit at the end of the episode. Um, so in the audio version, it'll be a bit longer than this. But as always, I can be found anywhere you find podcasts such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and other platforms like it. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out, ciao, and free Julian Assange. So... Let's, let's actually read this. Core attributes of a patient-centric medical cannabis regulatory program. So this is what we could push for, and this is what the sky could look like in Virginia next year. As more states legislatively address the topic of regulating medical cannabis access to distribution, normal has seen a shift away from patient-centric programs and towards more politically expedient policies. The latter programs are neither evidence-based, nor do they adequately address patients' needs. Norwell contends that an effective patient-centric, evidence-based medical cannabis program must include the following core tenets. Access to whole plant cannabis, limited taxes and fees, wide latitudes for doctors to decide treatment regimens, regimens, personal cultivation rights, employment protections, and other reasonably civil statutory protections. Patients must legally be able to obtain and possess herbal formations of whole plant cannabis that may be administered via inhalation and vaporization. Their therapeutic choices must not be limited solely to orally administrated cannabis-derived extracts, oils, or pills.
Some states impose regulatory or some states impose arbitrary legal restrictions on the types of cannabis products that are available or their intended route of administration. Specifically, a small number of states have prohibited patients from processing from possessing, excuse me, or inhaling herbal forms of cannabis, instead requiring participants to orally consume cannabis-derived oils or pills containing extracts of the whole plant. Normal opposes these arbitrary limits on patients' choices. Limiting patients' options to extracted oral formulations is not in the best interest, not in their best interest. Herbal cannabis contains more than a hundred distinct cannabinoids, unique physiologic physically physio, physic, physiologically active components of the plant many of which act synergistically with one another moreover the plant's oil contains numerous terpenes that also possess a wide variety of therapeutic effects many scientists now believe that the combined administration of all of these parts of the plant produce a synergistic effect that is necessary in order for patients to achieve mas- maximum therapeutic effect as acknowledged by the famed neurosurgeon, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, quote, all components of the cannabis plant likely exert some therapeutic effect, more than any single compound alone. Unlike other drugs that may work well as single compounds, synthesized in a lab, cannabis may offer its most profound benefit as a whole plant. If we let the entourage effect flower, restricting patients patients' access to herbal cannabis limits their exposure to these therapeutic properties, as many constituents are no longer present in, in the formulations produced by following the extraction of individual cannabinoids. Furthermore, oral-administered non-herbal forms of cannabis possess delayed onset and their effects are far less predictable than those of herbal cannabis. Once inhaled, cannabinoids like THC and CBD may pass through the lungs, from the lungs to the bloodstream, resulting in rapid onset drug effect. By contrast, pills must be metabolized by the liver over a period of up to seven hours before the patient experiences any therapeutic effects. The delayed onset and the high degree of variability of drug effect may, excuse me, makes it extremely difficult for a patient to accurately self-regulate their dosing. As a result, many patients seeking rapid relief of symptoms such as pain, nausea, spasticity will not particularly benefit from cannabis-infused pills, tinctures, edibles. While concerns with regards to potential risks associated with cannabis smoke exposure are understandable, they are largely not evidence-based. Cannabis smoke exposure, even long-term, is not associated with the same sort of detrimental effects as tobacco exposure. Specifically, longitudinal trials do not show a causal, a casual link between cannabis smoke exposure and lung cancer, COPD, or detrimental effects of pulmonary function. Also, patients' exposure to unwanted combustion, combustive gases may readily be mitigated by the use of a vaporizer, a device which eats herbal cannabis to a point where cannabis vapors form, but below the point of combustion thereby reducing the intake of combustible smoke or other pollutants, such as carbon monoxide or tar. In clinical trials, researchers have acknowledged that such devices are a safe and effective method for delivering cannabis to patients. 
Finally, the bulk of clinical trials establishing cannabis safety and efficacy have been conducted using inhaled whole plant herbal cannabis. By contrast, alternative formulations of cannabis and administrative routes may remain largely untested and unproven. Patients must not be forced to pay unreasonable taxes and fees. The commercial production and retail sale of recreational cannabis in legal jurisdictions is presently subject to both excise and sales taxes, similar to other commercial group goods. However, such taxation generally does not apply to activities involving the production and retail sale of medical cannabis to state-qualified patients. Patients, many of who are on disability and or fixed income, should not be seen by lawmakers as a viable source of tax revenue. Therefore, any proposed taxes and regulatory fees placed upon cannabis production and sales must be normal. This will ensure that legal cannabis products do not remain out of reach from those patient populations that need them the most. Further, it will ensure that market prices remain low enough as to not incentivize patients to obtain cannabis from the black or gray market. The qualifying list and conditions must be expansive and must allow for physicians the options to recommend cannabis therapy for treatment of chronic pain. Cannabinoids must be shown effect to Cannabinoids have been shown to effectively and safely treat a wide range of symptoms. In some cases, these compounds likely hold the potential to modulate the course of serious diseases. A literature review identifies over 140 clinical trials evaluating cannabinoid therapy for multiple serious chronic conditions, including multiple sclerosis, Tourette's syndrome, epilepsy, Crohn's disease, IBS, spinal cord industry, injury, and others. Consequently, physicians ought to be provided with wide latitude and discretion with regards to patients, which regard to which patients believe, in regard to which patients they believe in their expert opinion would benefit from cannabis treatment. Legislators and regulators should not duly interfere with the sanctity of the doctor-patient relationship or in any way impede physicians from providing what they believe to be the best course of treatment for their patients. To date, the largest number of controlled clinical trials specific to the use of medical cannabis to effectively mitigate pain conditions, especially treatment-resistant neuropathy. A recent review of the scientific trials by the National Academy of Scientists, Medicine, and Engineering acknowledged that cons conclusive evidence exists to support the use of cannabis and cannabinoids for the treatment of chronic pain in adults. Multiple studies further show that patients with legal cannabis often use it as a substitute for the use of more dangerous opioids. In jurisdictions that regulate medical cannabis experience far low ra rates of opioid-related mortality and overall prescription drug spending in than in states that do not. As evidence, no, as a result, no evidence-based medical cannabis program ought to place limitations with regards to the use of cannabis as an anal anal analgesic. Probably butchering that. Registered patients ought to have legal option to cultivate personal use quantities of cannabis in their own private residence. So Virginia's push for this, push for home grow. You have unified control, you can do that. Patients are legally permitted 
to cultivate personal use quantities of medical cannabis in half of the jurisdictions that regulate its use and distribution. In almost all cases, these provisions have led to few incidences of abuse or diversion. In, in no instance has the legislature moved to eliminate patients' home grow rights in a jurisdiction that previously permitted such an activity. Nonetheless, lawmakers in several states in recent years have elected to move forward medical cannabis programs that explicitly prohibit patients from engaging in home cultivation. Normal opposes this position. Normal maintains that disallowing patients to engage in personal cultivation in cannabis is an arbitrary prohibition that has absolutely no basis in public safety. Normal supports the right of individuals to grow their own cannabis as an alternative to purchasing from licensed commercial producers. Normal maintains that the inclusion of legislative provisions protecting the non-commercial home cultivation serves as a leverage to assure that product available at retail stores is high quality, safe, and affordable. Further, many patients respond best to specific strains of the cannabis plant permitting select patients the option to produce these specific strains at home assures that they will have an uninterrupted and cost-effective supply of their medicine that is best suited for their own specific therapeutic needs. Finally, it must be acknowledged that the timeline between the passage of a medical marijuana program and the operation of state-licensed cannabis dispensaries is often several years. Patients who would otherwise benefit from legal medical cannabis access should not be forced to go without their medicine during this period. Allowing state-qualified patients the ability to home cultivate medical cannabis provides patients with the immediate access they need and deserve. When January starts up and in the delegates and the Senate, the Dem Senate, Senate senators are seated, that'd be one of the first things I would push for if I was a patient in, in the state of Virginia. Their, their dispensaries are not slated to open until sometime next year. Um, and it could, be, it could be months into 2020 that the that, 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 that patients actually have access to their product. So for the time being, it should, home growth should very well be pushed. And it should be one of the first things that patients push. It should be, I, I would say, I would argue it should be top on the list, on the letter of things you push for when you're, you're writing to your, your, your senators and your delegates to improve the program. But let's continue. Patients should not face either workplace discrimination or sanctions solely based on their medical cannabis status. Regular patients should not be forced to choose between medicine and gainful employment. Just as employers would not be permitted to fire or refuse to hire an employee due to their physician-authorized use of opioids or other conventional medication, those who legally engage in cannabis therapy should not arbitrarily face discrimination for activity that is unrelated to their work performance, such as testing for carboxy-THC, an inert metabolite of THC that may be detectable for several months post-abstinence on a drug screen. In recent months, courts in two medical cannabis states, Connecticut and Massachusetts, have upheld statewide legislative protections shielding employers from taking punitive actions against medical cannabis patients, and many states now impose similar provisions as part of their medical cannabis regulations. Patients should not be with held medical treatment in hospitals such as being denied organ transplants solely based on their status as a medical marijuana patient. There are numerous examples of patients being arbitrarily denied 
medical treatment from hospitals because of their status as medical cannabis patients. In many cases, patients requiring organ transplants are refused services. Scientific reviews find no negative association between a cannabis use history and an organ transplant survival rates. As a result, various states such as California and Maine have in recent years enacted statutory language explicitly prohibiting hospitals from arbitrarily withholding services from patients solely because of a marijuana cannabis status. Below are examples of key normal key provisions normal supports. Patients should not face a loss of child custody based on their status as medical cannabis patient. Patients should not be subject to housing discrimination solely based upon their status as medical cannabis patients. Cannabis and cannabis-derived products provided at state dispensaries must be subject to adequate testing for quality, potency, pesticides, and adulterants. Cannabis product packaging must prominently display accurate information with regards to cannabinoid content and potency. To ensure that, that market demand is adequately met and registered patients have convenient access to medical cannabis products, regulate, regulators should not impose arbitrary caps on the number of licenses available for content producers, manufacturers, or dispensing facilities. End of article. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are quite a few ways you could do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast slash support you can also support me now on patreon at www.patreon.com slash ic sativa podcast you can support the podcast for as little as one dollar a month we also have a five dollar and above tier if you are feeling extra generous additionally if you wish to get in contact with us you can leave a voice message on anchor and you can do this by going to h https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode you can also call and leave a voice message at 617-466-9389 and i may just play it on a future episode feel free to join the ever expanding i am canvas sativa podcast planet on discord we yes we've got a discord Discord channel and that Discord channel can be found at https colon slash slash discord dot gg greg greg slash six five t g two n r again that is https colon slash slash discord dot gg slash six five t g two n r feel free to check out sequoia organics for a great source of cbd and hemp based products you can check them out by the link https colon slash bit dot ly slash three three fk r v nine and you can enter the following coupon codes for extra discounts such as dog treat 20 tincture 20 40 percent sign off iso 15 percent sign off cbd and that applies to the entire store and as always everyone stay medicated my friends peace out and ciao